0: I see musical theater performers. How is everyone? I have Ryan Morales who has agreed to come on. He is a principal delegate of the East Coast. Correct. Yeah. Is it? Yes, uh, with Actors Equity. And he messaged me about an event coming up for Equineo School. Th- and I said to him, I went, Let's do an interview. We could go deep on this because right now, in regards to equity, and Lord knows, there's been a bit of a change during the pandemic. Small slight, Uh an opportunity to just start having a discussion. So, first of all, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a joy to have you. So, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know, let's just do a basic thing. What is actors equity. And I'm going to put it in this, this, t- this term. Is it a talent? Is it a talent union? Like, like <laughs> what, is, what is it? Like, is if you're not in it, you're not talented.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so it's a collective bargaining union. Uh, so by all the actors kind of giving over a certain amount of autonomy over their work, we're able to create better terms for everyone who's a part of the union. There's other performers, uh, there's other performing unions like SAG-AFTRA, IATSE is the, um, excuse me, is a union for stagehands, uh, there's a director's guild, that's another uh, artistic union, but unions are actually really commonplace in a lot of trades. For instance, my father is an electrician. Um, he's been a part of electricians unions, he's been, uh, there's plumbers unions, there's teachers unions. So it used to be years ago that unions represented a large portion of workers in the United States, but because of a lot of uh, interference from our government, I think the, the figure is that only six percent of American workers are parts of, are part of a union nowadays.
0: Wow. Wow. That's such an interesting fact. Hello, back at you. And now for you, what made you decide to be a delegate, more active within equity? Because I feel for a lot of us we're just we look at it as this distant thing, even mm-hmm. if we're a member. What made you decide to be be in your position?
1: So I got involved in governance a couple years ago. I've only been in the the union for about three years, but I'm based in New York City. I've been here for eight years. I was EMC, non-union, for about five years. So I was hitting all of the auditions, running the gambit of everything. Uh, And I got to see, after I joined, it was kind of the same thing. It was still going to all the EPAs, still going to ECCs. I didn't rely on my agents to get me everything. Um, In fact, almost all the work I've, I've ever gotten has been through these open call kind of situations. So... Um, I really felt like after eight years in the industry of pounding the pavement, I really understand what it's like to be one of those, like, you know, pounding the pavement kind of actors. And so I didn't like how certain things were going on. I didn't like how inefficient certain systems were, even when you're in the union Mm. and that trickles down. That's the thing about uh, that, you know, to go back to your previous question that's so great about the actors union is that things trickle down that if you have worked in a union house as a non-union actor, you see that you pr- basically get all the projections that the union actors have. Um, and so the same with auditioning. If it's not as organized at an EPA for the union actors, it, it's even worse for the non-union actors or the EMCs. And so um, I just, uh, being a union member and now having seen it from all sides, I was like, man, some stuff's gotta change. So I got involved with the EPA committee. I met Sid Solomon. Um, and kind of got connected in with some of those folks. And then when the delegate elections came along, he was actually the one, he and Rashawn, um, who uh, Sid's a former counselor, Rashawn is a current counselor. They both reached out to me and they're like, are you running? And I had seen the email and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> you're like, well, um,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: It was like, they didn't have to convince me. I was just like, yes, of course, this is perfect. We're in the middle of a pandemic. So I have the time that I might otherwise kind of not have. Uh, I was like, I, I feel like I'm the, I don't know, an all sides kind of person. I really like to listen. I like to understand oh, everyone's Alexa. needs.
0: Alexa, stop. All right, continue.
1: <laughs> um, and I was like, well, if not me, who, uh, especially with how many positions there were, I've thought about being on council maybe one day and it seems like, cool. Let, I, I don't know what to expect. And even when we were running, nobody could really tell us what our job was. Uh, We were just like, okay, we're going to be there's a convention and something's going to happen and we're going to hopefully make some cool change uh, for the union. And so, yeah, that's what got it started.
0: I love that. And now let's go into what big things that have changed for the union uh, changes that the union has made during this time for what's going on. And there may still be some figuring out, but what mm. solid things have you guys done thus far to try to help out these union actors out here?
1: Yeah, so being a delegate is an interesting position, especially because it's new. We actually don't technically have any power yet. All mm. of our, our, our entire job is to uh, propose motions or propose amendments to the constitution and then debate and vote on them in the convention. Now, the convention's going to happen in late April, our first one, yeah. and then we'll have a second one in a year. Uh, so technically speaking, the delegates, we don't have any power to do anything except we're elected officials. We have relationships with counselors and we have the ability to listen and be a part of the conversation um, the same way that any member does. Because really, at the end of the day, it's it's not the union. It's our union. Yeah. And and our elected officials do want to hear from us, <laughs> even if they're not as used to it. Uh, so for us as delegates, it's been a, a it's been to try to be a better uh, point of communication for members, because we are privy to more information, not even just because of the privilege of our position, but also just because we're working on building policy, so we have to understand what's going on now. So most of us, if not all of us, tend to understand what's going on in equity in this current moment better than the average member, simply because I wouldn't even say it's a privileged thing or it's because of our position, but just because our position means we're having these conversations every day. We're in there, we're talking to counselors, we've got easier access. Um, And so that's made us on one arm be able to talk to members better and help people be as informed as we can. The second arm is that we do have the ears of counselors. There are some great counselors that have been really open and have just sort of kind of opened the book and said this is how things work because it's to their benefit and the whole union's benefit that we're as informed as possible as delegates so that we can make the right kind of policies moving forward going into the convention. If we don't know what's going on, we're we're just shooting at air, you know?
0: I just, and this is more because of my knowledge with other other professions and, and regarding this. So for those who do not know, when he's saying motion, emotion is where it's an idea, say something like, any, it could be an an idea of any kind. So, like, we want more pay. We would like our hair to be covered. You know, our hair getting done to be covered. Whatever it may be, uh, that's that's what a motion is. So, in regards to that, because you did mention that earlier, so you can put forth an idea, but for it to be taken to the floor to be voted upon, that's el- other elected officials that would be the ones to forward it out for it to be a, a potentially permanent change.
1: Oh no, that that's actually us. Um, okay. So the way the the union labels it, there's there's two kinds of things we can uh, put forth and then pass motions, which are kind of like what you're saying. It's a directive. It's hey, we're we um, there's people working on motions related to harassment, related to acting musician issues, related to um, black and BIPOC folks in our union, and anti racism and transparency, like all of those things, which aren't necessarily like a law, and it doesn't change our constitution, but let's say for instance, you had a motion that was like, uh, we motion that acting musicians be given um, a reasonable amount of money for their rentals, the rentals of their personal instruments in every contract. So then that motion would get, let's say it gets passed, it gets sent to council who sends it forward to staff. Um, There are people in council who do negotiations for contracts and it also affects staff concessions. So, or things that, people might be doing for concessions for contracts. So now we've got a motion that was passed by the convention that directs council and staff to act a certain way, Mm -hmm. which is for acting musician contracts, we want negotiated and baked into the contracts that they should be receiving uh, a certain amount of money, or maybe we didn't set how much money in the motion, but that's the directive is they should be giving those actors money for renting their personal instruments.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, so just okay so then to clarify more for your position i always love mm-hmm. this stuff this is great. Yeah. so so for your position you're saying you didn't have power to like do the voting but you have power then to bring forth the the emotions and and what you just said but but like you can't vote you don't vote on it
1: we actually do vote on it that's, but you what's, do vote on it. that's okay. what's great about the. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah.
0: But you do vote on. It. Okay. Got it. Okay. So then it is the way that I know it. Okay. So yeah, you yeah. Forth, you're part of the discussions and everything, and then you do vote on. It. I love that. Okay. Now I'm 100% following. <laughs> I got it. Amazing. Yes. Light, <laughs> light, light on yonder. Love that. So you're a person for people to speak to directly Mm -hmm. in uh, in regards to anything they would like to see changes or or for them to even find out what's going on now for non-union people or even Mm -hmm. see candidates do they have access to see what you are what you guys are discussing what things are in motion or is it really only open to people who are members of the union
1: I think something that I I personally feel about that is that as far as I'm concerned like most anyone who's non-union currently I see as like probably a future member. One day down the line. I, I think I love that equity was always something I aspired to. I, it was always something I knew that one day when I hit a point in my career, that's what I want. And and it's to everyone's benefit for there to be more and more union jobs and more and more opportunities because you make healthcare, you make pension, you, there's minimums, there's standards that get set. I was on a really shitty, uh, can I say that word on here? I, was oh, on a crappy- I,
0: I, I make a fart sound at the beginning. Okay. So much,
1: <laughs> I was on a really shitty non-union tour and we dealt with so much stuff that even if we had been on, you know, a CETA tour, the lowest tier equity tour would not have been a thing at all. And so you I'm didn't protect
0: to I, I completely, yeah. and shitty is literally the only word that works for that. So I get it. Yep. <laughs> so, so
1: it's, it's too, I think it's everyone's benefit for there to be a stronger union for the, again, even the stuff that does trickle down and for us to make that stronger union, it isn't just about what people in the union think. It's really important that there is a positive perception of the union, not like something that we manipulated, but something that we really curated and created with future members. It's really important that our EMCs feel heard and that we understand how to not just be the, be the union that serves our members, but to be a union that sets the standards and the precedent for how our industry operates and treats its professionals, which yep. we are. We are all professionals. Um, and so with that, um, I have two kind of, pro- well, you know, I don't know if this is the right transition, but I have two projects to share that are in the works. Um, and um, one of them specifically, we, we want feedback from our non-union folks and our EMC folks, which yep. is um, a membership survey that is currently in the works.
0: Mm, I love that. Where can people find the membership survey?
1: Um, I have the link. Uh, what is the easiest way for me to share it with your audience? Because I can give a link um, to it. We're
0: discussing it. Definitely put it down below in the comments. So after this, Ryan will will paste it in the in the comments mm-hmm. below this interview, so you guys can can access that. I love that. And I have oh a comment. As an EMC, I feel pretty disconnected from the union that's mm. good to hear that so i mean this is a perfect person ryan to hear that and then please write if you have the time uh why why you feel disconnected from the union so that way he could dive into that and bring that to the right people in uh for further discussion i'm sure that's probably not the first time you've heard anything like that um <laughs> and honestly never you probably felt like that at one point too so mm-hmm. you get it
1: <laughs> yeah well i i was on the phone with someone today, a member today and it's a thing we hear a lot even from members who feel really disconnected Uh, I'll be totally transparent and say that there is a very genuine transparency problem with our union and it's been that way for years. Um, Even members, it it requires so much energy to stay engaged even just for members. So if there are EMC folks that are feeling disengaged, yeah, I believe that a hundred percent. And I know that like, that's a huge thing that a lot of my fellow delegates and myself really want to do is help create more transparency, more, create more of a relationship between the union, the leaders of the union, and the people that we serve. And, and honestly, I always go back to like, we are the union.
0: Yeah. Like every yeah.
1: member of the union is the union. It's not like a separate entity. And there's that belief a lot right now. And I, I like put- Like the
0: separate thing. Like, these, Yeah, this separate you know, thing. Yeah, what is yeah. the
1: union doing?
0: <laughs> yes. Let me actually show this. I forgot I can show the questions here. I remember there was a point where EMC members could log into the portal and see audition, but that's not lo- no longer available. I know what you're saying with that. That was used. Even if you couldn't see all the details, you could at least know what was going on. And that was eliminated. That's a very good point. Why? What do you know the history of that? Was that voted upon or were you not in yet at that point as a delegate?
1: I, I No, I was EMC at the time. Um, and I remember that same thing. It used to be that you could go to equity's website and see all the auditions. And then they um, they got rid of that for some reason. I, I never got the answer why. I'd be curious because I know that a lot of the counselors that are currently um, that are currently serving are, were serving back whenever that decision was made. Um, I'd be curious to see if that was a council thing or if that was a staff thing.
0: Because yeah. um,
1: that's something to think about too. If you're not familiar with how equity is structured, um, it's kind of like a nonprofit. So you have the staff that runs the day-to-day operations. They are not union members. They yeah, are paid
0: they're like, yeah, they're the actual yeah
1: they're they're paid people. staff. Uh, so they make a lot of this decisions. Um, council kind of gives directives and says, "We'd like to see this. We'd like to see that." But a lot of operational day-to-day or decisions get made by staff. Staff's the one who built the new website. Um, And they're led by, uh, her name right now is Mary McCall, who's the executive director. You can kind of think of her like the CEO of Equity. And then sort of above her is the council, which Kate Schindel is our president. Kate Schindel is the president of the council. They give directives to Mary. Mary's directly accountable to them, but they don't necessarily have direct uh, accountability to staff. Mm. Um, And so it's always like a sticky web to unwind of, okay, where did this decision come from? Was it something council voted for? And then staff... Did was a decision staff made, um, and I know that that happened when they did the new equity website, yeah. Which is, frankly speaking, something I a big technology is a big initiative of mine. Uh, I would very much like to see the the website completely upended, and I actually really thank um, whoever commented for reminding that because I don't understand why EMCS and non union folks can't have access to these auditions. Um, it doesn't take anything away from the union. I understand.
0: Yeah, it doesn't, because yeah, because I'm EMC. You know, we're we're like down the line anyway. Like you automatically get seen before, so yeah, we just fill in the holes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I, I know that. Like when I when it happened, a friend of mine was equity, so I borrowed her her login so I could look at it through her login.
0: Yeah, my husband's equity, so he's the person that I can use for that. So yeah. I definitely understand that little connection thing that is so great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and there's, I mean, there's different ways. We're, we're performers. We find ways to get the information mm-hmm. from systems that other people make up and everything. So I know about, there's a lot of different solutions to that, but it is unfortunate because it really was just an open thing. Yeah. It's like now we have to do the sneaky sneaks, which we're like, you know, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know it's gonna happen this is such a good conversation to have so you're the the event that's coming up in april you said april 2021
1: oh yeah that's the actual convention where we'll vote on everything
0: yeah so that's convention is it is it what's it called um the Del- i
1: don't know I
0: don't yeah
1: know. We the, were the like, equity
0: the thing sorry the, the like, 2021
1: yeah. equity convention i think that's that's as simple yeah, as is,
0: it. It, is it a long name oh here we go wait wait, wait. Uh, B- bipoc delegates type form. No, that was a survey thing.
1: Oh yeah, that's the survey that I was talking about. That's lot. Oh, yeah. That's the, the so the survey is live now. This is our first um phase of the survey, which sounds kind of convoluted. I promise it isn't. This one is more open ended. The questions are open ended. You can write as much as you want. We're gonna sit through and actually read through all the responses, and then in January. We're going to use this survey as a, as a starting point plus other conversations. And we're creating a much more, uh, I guess, uh, we're calling it like a really epic survey. So yeah. it might, it'll be a lot of questions and they'll all be like measurable. So whereas this is like words, information, people's thoughts, feelings, that's going to be like our ability to look at facts and figures and numbers and say, hey, 80% of EMCs don't even know who they would talk to on the union about any problems they had on the job. Hey, um, of central uh, equity members have never met with uh, a business rep. You know what I mean? So we can get actual facts and figures and see and point to the disconnects, point to people's needs, point to um, how our union -union, non-union EMC folks are feeling about uh, the union and their experiences with the union so that we can point to leadership. Like we can take this to leadership and take it in the convention and say, Hey, here's all the problems. We did a survey. We got, you know, thousands of responses and this is, this is the information. And for those of I'm a numbers geek. So being able to have that at my fingertips and have that shared with all of leadership um, is a really big goal of us putting together the survey.
0: Yeah. Um, I have a question. This is just more my own. What, I don't, I don't think this is you guys at all, but I'm going to ask it because then we'll <laughs> redirect it. What hand does equity have to help the theaters that are suffering right now? Hmm. It's a good question, but I don't know if there's so, I feel like that is, I don't know. I'm just asking. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know.
1: No, it's a good question. And it's a, it's a complicated one because, Mm -hmm. um, It's, it's so hard when you have a union whose job is to advocate for the people it advocates for. And it puts them in a tricky position. Um, because, a lot, it, it, because in other situations, if we're constantly saying, how do we serve the theaters? How do we serve the theaters? How do we serve the theaters? We stop serving our members.
0: I know, right? That's such a hard thing. And so then I, I get that. I totally get that. And, and, and good, but you don't want to bend over backwards. So then people get mistreated mm-hmm. and taken advantage of, but then the mm-hmm. theme is trying to survive. And so it's like this chicken or the egg thing with like, yeah, making it work. I, I, Cause I, I say this truly just sometimes it's finding those solutions. It's not easy.
1: Right. And, and it's hard too, because, you know, I was having a conversation with some folks on there about uh, there's the 29 hour reading code, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, it's usually used for readings of new works you get about a hundred. You get like a hundred dollars stipend for twenty nine mm. hours of your time, which you know, if you do the math, it's like three bucks an hour. Yeah. And we were talking about why so for for some people, their their opinion is, who would ever work for that? That shouldn't exist at all. For other people, I've done it with really great readings with companies that like, or or even individuals that are putting up and producing their own show who don't have any budget. They're certainly not getting paid for it. They're not making any money off of it. They're developing their work and they want to use union actors. Um, and so it's the conversation of, well, how do we gate it so that a big company like Roundabout who has the money to budget to pay their actors more than $100 for 29 hours of work isn't set to the same standard as an independent producer who wants to put their musical up and paying 20 actors $100 plus band plus space, they're already spending a lot of money That—that that is a very small part of the budget. Or even if you look at the theaters in the middle that have, you know, only a few hundred thousand dollar budget for their whole season, they can't afford to pay what Roundabout can pay. So um, in normal times, in the normal times, that's like part of what our job is, is to be able to look at the theaters and figure out things based on the contract, based on the case, based on what's doable for each theater and not to just um, put everything in a blanket statement. But I think the coronavirus has made that really difficult because making at least the standards, which I think is a different conversation, like what standards equity is using for what's considered safe. it's hard to make those standards affordable for a smaller house the way it might be affordable for uh, a larger not non not for profit who isn't relying on the ticket sales which would be different than a broadway house so it gets even more convoluted when you throw that in that like we can't just make it because it's about safety it's about people's health we can't just make it easier and cheaper for a theater that has a lower budget to do it at least is is my is my thing about it and um I, I will level with you and say that's like a very small piece of the equation uh, as far as like the dumpster fire that is theater work right now and how much isn't happening that I think could be happening. Um, but I hope that answers kind of your question.
0: Yeah. What about um, what about getting... I, 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 my brain just started to go like as an idea, like regarding... God, it was like in my head. So re- in regards to um, these theaters dying out. So we have these uh-huh. theaters are dying out during this time uh, and, and horrible, you know, actors are out of work. Um, there is the Actors Fund and they provide a lot of amazing stuff and they've just helped out so many performers during this time they're just miraculous. Mm -hmm. But is there any type of collaboration there or just even within within you guys on teaching people how to start theaters and make them successful? Because I feel like that's the biggest thing for us to figure out right now because we're going to have, unfortunately, more closed. Westchester recently closed, which is sad. And we know the likelihood of them being the only one is not likely um which is just like no um but yeah. uh, is that something on the docket that that could be voted upon as things provided or is that where you go oh no that's us and because i feel like that i mean that's a big thing that i'm suggesting mm. but also a good one i don't know i just made that up <laughs> <laughs> well
1: there is an arm of equity that um what is it called? There's a a whole committee on it. Um, It's basically helping to organize work. So like in normal times, they're trying to help theaters who maybe were working with just a few guest contracts, get them up to SPT or helping theaters to like be able to afford and know how to be able to hire more union actors so that we can get more union jobs. Um, I can't really speak to how effectively that whole process has been going the past several years. Um, I will say that Wages have kind of stagnated, especially in the regions, which is tough. Um, but as far as like educating people on how to start theaters, I, I, I'm not sure that Equity is the kind of organization that has the resources to do that, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think that is an awesome idea. And I would say, I feel like the Access Fund is a bit more equipped um, in that regard uh, I just, at least compared to like what equity's current operations are and like what different committees are, what different job, I just, am like, that's a cool idea. I have no idea where it would go or or if it would even be equity would be the most um, effective <laughs> at that job, I think. Um,
0: yeah, I, my, my thought is always, why not? Like, that's where my brain goes. Like, why not? I mean, uh, especially because I don't think anything, I don't know if anything like that is happening. Actors Fund is great. And like, people are bored um Mm -hmm. so like that's where i'm just like uh i don't know just an idea Uh, we got a great question here also curious what is the incentive to join the union when theaters open back up with more union actors than ever unemployed and theaters probably have to let go of their union status or decrease the number of contracts. I struggle with justify joining, even though it's been a goal for a long time. Great question. I mean, if that question did not illustrate the pandemic, I don't know what, Mm -hmm. um, I I have I I don't know. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yes. Uh, uh, Go for it.
1: Oh, um, (laughs) This this is just kind of Ryan answering, not delegate Ryan answering. Um, You know, I've been in the city eight years. I've seen friends get their union card. I've seen friends get here and leave. I've seen uh, like a lot of seasons of people come and go. And my message to people is always take your card when it's time to take your card. Mm. You don't need your card to feel like a professional actor. You don't need to get it at any certain time. Like you aren't a you aren't a failure or a success because you got your card by thirty. Uh, no more no more different than you're a failure or success if you got your Broadway debut by twenty five or whatever unreasonable expectations we set for ourselves. Um, I think you're right to to question and be wary or to to join the union, given everything that's going on.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's tough. And I I mean it's less guidance and more just like hey cool be wary about it. That doesn't mean that you won't be in the union one day. That doesn't mean like we aren't excited to have you and we have you, but like, you gotta do you. It's like, I have friends who are freezing their union membership, which for the record does not mean they can work a non-union. It just means they don't have to pay dues until they unfreeze it. Um, But I've, you know, and that's not what I choose to do. I wanna pay my dues. I wanna help my union have money in the coffers because membership basic dues pay for like 40% of our budget. Uh, without those. And we certainly don't have working dues coming in. But also I respect that that's what people need to do for themselves. Um, you're in this to be a professional actor for as long as you want to be, not to feel like you have to hit these certain benchmarks in order to do it. So um, I don't know. I just want to like say I hear you and I think you're what you're worried about is totally legitimate and you'll join when you'll
0: you're joined. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on here. (laughs) I'm so grateful. This is it. This is a nice, strong group of people, uh, kind, talented individuals in this group. And, and I'm just, I'm just grateful. Thank you so much. Is there anything final that you would like to add before I ask where people can find you on social media?
1: (laughs) Ah, um, I would say that right now, the more that you can talk to people in person face-to-face like this, the better. Whether that's getting on the phone with one of your delegates, uh, talking with other EMCs, non-union folks, sitting down with an equity member who can help you understand what's going on. Um, I think that Facebook can get really toxic when we're just typing at each other. We lose a lot of ability to empathize, to understand, we don't get as much um, tone, intent. We don't have body language. So I would encourage you, especially with things being as stressful and high pressure as they are, the more that you can get on the phone or get on video or just like talk to humans about human stuff, um, I think you'll find you're able to have much more constructive conversations about all of this scary, uncertain, crazy stuff that we're dealing with.
0: Absolutely. And wonderful. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on social media if they want to continue the conversation?
1: Yeah. So I'm on Facebook a bunch. Also Instagram, uh, Ryan Morales Green is my last name. Ryan Morales is my equity name. Uh, so you're welcome to hit me up on Instagram or find me on Facebook and friend me, shoot me a message just be like, Hey, we might not know each other. I saw you on the thing uh, just so that I'm like, Oh, cool. Cool.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for coming on.